Welcome back everybody to another episode of Bikes and Bourbon. I'm Russ from Pathless Pedal. I'm Toffer from Pedal Missoula. And we have special guests. <laughs> I'm Jason from Swift Industries. I'm also from Swift Industries. My name is Martina. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we're going to taste some bourbon, talk some bikes. Uh, you guys are in town just for a couple days, so we're stoked to have you on. Uh, but first, the it's actually not bourbon. It's, it's, uh, it's scotch today. Yeah. So what are we drinking? Scotch. Oban 14. Different thing here. Russ and I have been talking scotch a lot. So are you guys are you guys scotch fans or just yes? Yeah. Cool. I don't know. You know? <laughs> it's a yeah. <laughs> so, I'll just go down the line here. Yeah. It was aged for 14 years. Okay. Uh, it was made it, in Oban. Is this a, um, <laughs> is this a space side or Isla? Probably like a, a space side, right? Not. Um, Not so much. I don't know uh, what words. I know what words you're saying. But I don't know <laughs> geographically where they fall There's on the. There's gonna be some serious comments. <laughs> Not super smoky. So probably not an Isla. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Do we start with this? I'm gonna get my phone out. Whoa, whoa, buddy! I'm gonna get my phone out. I'm gonna get in trouble. Ah, oh, I ruined the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I've tasted it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you you picked up something interesting. Yeah. So at the very beginning. It smelled like really kind of like sour apples to me with a little bit of spice. Okay. Yeah, when you said that, like I, I took another whiff of it. I was, I was I was picturing a baked apple. And then it morphed into... Oh, well, curdled milk. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. But for full uh, disclaimer, I just drank a kombucha. <laughs> so I don't think that I have a clean palate. I get the apples. I get the apples. I mean, it's definitely on the fruitier side. It doesn't taste like a tire fire, like some, like... like some PD stuff. Yeah. Can I taste it yet? Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, I actually do taste the apple again. You? Yeah. I get, I get like a spiced apple. Y'all mm -hmm. are in town <laughs> because I think for fun. For fun, but Mart yeah. so Martino was was in Whitefish yeah, for totally. the Whitefish uh, at the Whitefish Bike Retreat for the WTF Bike Explorers Summit. Totally. I think I said all of that. Like that was Bike Explorers Summit or Bike Summit. Bike Explorers Summit. Okay, so yeah. you were up there, mm -hmm. and then you biked. You did the summit and had that. Maybe we can get some more details. Yeah. But then you biked from there to Missoula. Totally on the Great Divide mountain bike route. Right. And. Uh, joined up with Missoula on the new spur trail that connects right. uh, into Missoula, and it was a blast. Yeah. So how was that? How was that? How was that spur trail? Not not a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the spur trail was incredible. It was so beautiful. It's sixty miles that connects um, from I think basically kind of like. Uh, Lake Sealy-ish area out to Missoula. Out of the 60 miles, 66 of them were incredible. Uh, pretty punchy climbing and some amazing descents. Um, you just like can't stop grinning ear to ear. Um, and then comes this very last section that um, the folks at ACA are very well aware of. Um, that's really a hike a bike for like four miles. Pretty steep, fairly technical mountain bike trail yeah. that's up in the Rattlesnake Wilderness just outside of town here. Um, and we schlepped our bikes and got real bruised up. Um, and we had a blast. 
Okay. It didn't really matter. So when you get to Missoula, that first like meal you have is just extra delicious. Oh, totally. <laughs> what do you, you have? I can't remember. <laughs> no, we went directly to the brewery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Tamarack? Or... I think to Tamarack. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you got, got a... nachos or? No. no. I got meat. <laughs> <You> got meat. <laughs> <laughs> I like give me all the meat. <laughs> I think we're kind of similar in that way. Like, yeah. I think we both really like meat. Yeah. And after I exercise, I kind of just want raw meat. Right. That's like all I want. Jason's journey here was similarly arduous. <laughs> in a small airplane. Uh, Flew. To meet Martina. And we and did a, fish. and you guys did a, like a, you guys did two overnights, actually. You yeah. guys did the Jack Jack Saloon Loop. Yes. Uh, we sent them Jack out. They, they wanted to do uh, an overnight in town that kind of showcases some of the gravel and um, up and over Lolo Pass and down. How was it? Was it good? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was so great. Um, our friend Whitney Ford Terry sent along a really, really great route that I think is pretty common around here or well known. Mm -hmm. um, and it did not disappoint. The gravel was gorgeous. The roads were so pretty. The views over what I'm assuming is called the Missoula Valley. Mm -hmm. Really, really beautiful. And then I feel like we got like a real glimpse of those like open, like riverbed ranches that mm -hmm. Montana feels yeah. well known for. Everything was so quiet. Yeah, and like, honestly, like ever since we left Whitefish, the drivers has, have been amazing. Oh really? That's good. We've not had yeah. one single instance where anybody has been rude to us. Everybody's been like super encouraging. All right. And given us a ton of space. <laughs> so. Nice. So they, they did that. And then last night, uh, we grabbed some local Missoula folks uh, and did that overnight at the in the Rattlesnake. And uh, you left early. I did. But on the way We're back, we saw it. They left late. Yeah, or, oh. yeah, they left late. <laughs> We're on vacation. <laughs> but we saw a bear. We saw a bear. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard about the bear. Oh my god. Yeah, that's was awesome. So He's ginormous. It seemed very confused when we came around the corner. Yeah. 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 And then it hung out in yeah. the bushes. Yeah, I think I, that's, that might be the closest I've been to. Like, as we rode by, it was hanging out in the bushes. And that was probably like 20 feet away. Yeah. And it was just like, mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, that felt special and kind of nice. It was Catherine's last day before she flew out. Yeah. And we have seen so, so many traces of bears right. from <laughs> footprints to a lot of berry filled poop yeah. on the Divide <laughs> Trail. And so it felt kind of nice to have that be like the send off. The there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, you know, one of, I think the, the cool things that you guys are doing is you're mixing, you know, bike stuff with other activities, like the Elwha bag is a great example. Um, outside of bikes, although bikes are awesome, what are other things that you guys- Russ, there's nothing else besides bikes. That's true, but, <laughs> but for the sake of argument. What else do I do? I fish. I think Russ and I got interested in fly fishing around the same time. Yeah. On then, YouTube, there exists an old video that Russ made of like the three of you, I think in Lawrence. The Iron Horse. Or, no, it was, was that it? It was a, the one where we were on the Sandy and oh. we were still head fishing. Oh, but I think yeah. that the yeah. Yeah. Iron Horse. We took Megan. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Yeah. I think there's there's probably been a couple. There's YouTube, yeah, YouTube yeah. now is a repository for all these memories. You can mm. go back and relive them. <laughs> uh, there was, there's like some content out there from our... <laughs> Our uh, iron but, horse, like Kitchies. Oh yeah. What was that Box Creek Canyon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, like, we we did a bike fishing class together at Ravello. 
Yep. Yeah. In, in Portland, Portland for yeah, that. Tin Car Rodco and Reddington called? supported it. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's pretty cool. But you're also like training for a pretty serious trail run. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting ready for a fifth, no, 30 mile, so 50K trail run. Nice. On his um, birthday. On <laughs> You're turning, th so you're turning 30, 30K. It's my 10th annual 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's your what's your long run now? Uh, well, this week. Uh, <laughs> my long so run right a, now is at like 14 miles. Okay. What's uh, it should probably be a little bigger, but you know. What's gonna, what's gonna be your longest run leading up to the event? Hopefully like, at least 20 to 25. Yeah. How many ultra distances have you done? None. Okay, this will be the uh, first ultra. This will be my first ultra. Yeah. So, so what made you want to do it? Was it just um, the 10th anniversary I've done a few for 30th birthday? <laughs> I've done a few 25k <laughs> trail runs. I really enjoy it. Um, and I was just looking on ultra sign up, as yeah. people do. And there just happened to be one in Tacoma, which is just south of Seattle. Um, that was on my birthday proper right and it had and it also had it was a looped course so it had a 15k a 25 or a 30k and a 50k so uh, I was like I want to do that and then I think Martina and two other friends are gonna do the 15k mm -hmm. like the one single loop 10 mile run and then um, and they'll be there to like hopefully you know help me yeah <laughs> So I did, did I see a picture of you doing a trail running event, like not too long ago. No events, yeah. but trail running, yeah. Probably the photo is from around December-ish. Mm -hmm. We went and did a point-to-point -point on Rattlesnake Ridge, oh, yeah. which is uh, in our neck of the woods in the Cascade Mountain Range. Mm -hmm. And I think that was definitely my longest run. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 11 or 13. 10, 10. 10 miles. 10 miles. <laughs> That's one of my training runs that I'm hopefully going to yeah. come yeah. back. Yeah, it was yes. awesome. And we went with a dear friend who is like um, never in a bad mood. Right. And she just kept like cheerleading me on. And that was awesome. Yeah. It really makes a huge difference to have somebody who's just like super excited to be running. Yeah. So it was great. It was a cool experience. So you, you used to run a fair bit too. What happened? <laughs> we got into bikes. <laughs> <laughs> but what what made you guys want to? Why running for you guys? I'm curious. Oh, good is it question. just like a like a time versus workout like kind of ratio thing? I think or? For me, it happened a number of years ago okay. when I we have a very active dog. We have a dog <laughs> named Loki. He's a blue healer. Lots of exercise, and I don't particularly like walking. Right. <laughs> Walking's boring. Yeah, he gets super bored. Yeah. That and the dog, you know, needs some activity right. uh, that's beyond just walks. So I started running as a way to get me exercise and the dog at the same time. Right. Instead of me having to walk the dog and then have to yeah. do something else. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But it turns out our dog doesn't like running on pavement. He mm. kind of refuses to. He'll trail run or mountain bike all day. Yeah. Right. Mm. He's getting old, so that's he's getting good. slow. But like pavement, he's like, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah not into it so but then I just kept going with it and last year I took a I was kind of stuck at like five six mile runs so I signed up for a marathon half marathon training program mm -hmm. not 
not to do a marathon, but just because I felt like it was an accountability thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was a program, and I did it, and then I just kind of kept it, kept going with oh, it, sweet. and yeah. now I, it's fun. Yeah. I, I really like it, and today I ran Sentinel Mountain. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Did like five and a half miles, and it was super fun, and there was nobody up there, and it was. Yeah. Just the crunching of the rocks. We're a little feet. smitten with Missoula. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it suits us. Yeah. 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 Like, how, how, how do you, what, like, your other activities, like, influence, like, the products or design? I mean, so. Like, you want to go fly fishing, so you make a fly fishing bag? <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. everything is, like, really cool. selfish at Swift Industries. <laughs> it, it is. It the has, bag I want. Yeah, it has been since the very beginning. We would be lying to say otherwise. Yeah. It has, like, just followed our interests. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Right? So I actually run uh, mostly with our Sitka pack, which mm -hmm. is just our hip pack. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And when I'm running, I have to cinch it real high so I look like <laughs> somebody out of an LL Bean. <laughs> and. <laughs> But it's great. It keeps like the weight on my hips and I can carry what I need to carry if I'm going for a longer run. Yeah. And um, so that's been that's been really good. Uh, for that 10 miler, I took like a mountain bike uh, bag, uh, backpack uh, with a hydration bladder. And I, I didn't like how much it moved around, but it was not designed to, I don't know, be in like in cadence right. for hours. Right. Um, so, and I'm, unlike Jason, um, I am not the kind of person who like goes whole hog into the gear at first at mm -hmm. all. Um, so I just kind of make do with what I've got. And, and it, because of that, I feel like my hip packs situations have been pretty dialed. Yeah. Um, and the LWAP pack has also been... <laughs> I didn't do it. Broke the studio. Yeah. <laughs> the green screen. <laughs> yeah. Like with the Elwa pack, um, that was really a conversation with the folks from Tenkara Rodco, mm -hmm. um, who are equally excited about bikes and fishing as we are. Mm -hmm. And um, also, like, there was like a mutual excitement around just having like a pretty minimal set that fits really well with Tinkara fishing um, and something that could go really easily between the handlebars and your hips. Yeah. And um, I think that ultimately like the foundation of Swift is kind of this notion of arriving by bike. Mm -hmm. So we see bikes as like a pretty graceful segue into all these other recreation mm -hmm. opportunities or things like water coloring or mm -hmm. dot 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 like other immersive experiences and interactive experiences with being in wilderness or within other cultures or mm -hmm. um so that's a little bit you can see that thread through yeah i know like personally like as i as i've gotten uh older um yeah, very, still very passionate about bikes. Mm -hmm. Also hit the big 3-0 recently. Yeah, the ten, for the tenth time. <laughs> but also realizing I'm that. Sure. But also That's realizing what we're here for, right? that there's lots of other. <laughs> <laughs> but also realizing that there's other interests out there. Yeah. You know, but bikes can still be incorporated in those interests, and sometimes I think as like cyclists or cycling industry. We put ourselves in like too much of a silo. Yeah. But that's why I love things like bike fishing or like trail running and fly fishing. Yeah. You know, just kind of acknowledging 
you know, we're all like kind of, you know, we, we like to recreate in the outdoors and it's kind of dumb to just identify as just one kind of thing sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so how long has the Swift camp out been going on? Four years? Yeah, this, this was, was the fourth, fourth year? Anniversary. Yeah. 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 And that's one of those things where it feels like the organization and like promoting that mm -hmm. is not necessarily connected to, it's not like you tie it to like a bag sale, <laughs> right? Like it's just purely like wanting, being enthusiastic about camping and going there by your bike. Yeah. And I think you know, it's, it doesn't feel like I'm like, whenever I see Swift camp out stuff, I'm not like, oh, they're just doing this so that their new bag gets bought. Mm -hmm. It feels yeah. like, no, they just want people to like go out with their friends into the woods on their bikes. And yeah. That might be like a five mile ride and it might be like a 30 mile ride, but like, it's just, you did it on your bike with your friends and you had fun and mm -hmm. you camped and yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It feels it, like camp out is like more than anything an ode to social media's potential for community yeah. um, building, um, which it isn't always used as such. Um, right. And like, we know that like people all over are connecting to bike camping for like all different reasons. Yeah. Um, but it's also like a pretty incredible community of people. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we just like on the GDR, we were like riding along and all of a sudden we stumbled on this individual who was clearly like kind of set up similarly to us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, what's up? And then it's like, we're internet friends. And then like that person got a route to Seattle from like a dear friend of ours in Seattle. Right. And then the person who was riding cool. with us had that other person's, was riding that person's bicycle that he had, <laughs> that the route maker had ridden to create that route that this person that we found on the divide was going to ride. And we were just like, yeah. And then we were Can like, I say clearly that? we're homies. Can I say the connectors name? Like, was that Andrew? Yeah, so Andrew, Andrew Squirrel. Squirrel. Oh, we know Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Squirrel was the person. They ran person. into that Lifefish Bike Retreat. They were wrapping up a, like, yeah, a retreat. Yeah. yeah, and so it was on the Orange Elephant. Yeah. And that was the trip where Andrew crossed over from basically the Montana route all the way over to Seattle. Mm. And then um, Ryan was looking for some s intel on how to get across the state or states mm -hmm. and got in touch with Andrew. Yeah. And Catherine was riding Andrew's old bike. <laughs> so, cool. you know, small worlds. So all this brings back to mind that you were just at the Whitefish Bike Retreat. Yeah. And was there, a moment that kind of stands out to you that you would feel comfortable sharing? Because I feel like some of that stuff is, uh, from what I've like gathered, is a lot of like really personal storytelling, and yeah. it was just a lot of things there that was kind of you know in the moment, and so want to respect that yeah. space. But is there? Yeah, I mean, kind I, of... I think in summary, like the the most remark remarkable thing about the weekend was being in a space that was like clearly obsessed with bikes, that was equally emotionally intelligent and like vocal around that. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was just a totally 
new and expansive experience for me to understand that like we could talk about navigation and route building, but then we also kind of had to talk about um, violence against women and trans people as travelers because that's all part of how we have to figure out our navigation. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about like physical navigation, but we rarely, especially in the bike and outdoor fields, talk about emotional navigation. And so it was just, it was totally mind blowing for me to be in a space where people were really expressing those things. Mm -hmm. and, and that we were able to express our experiences and then like kind of uh, deepen them through other people's stories. One of the other things that I thought was really impactful for me was um, listening to how, like sometimes when you listen to other people's language around an experience, it brings clarity to your own experiences of something. Mm -hmm. And it's hard without giving like an example specifically, but it's like one of those things where you hear a term like unpaid emotional labor <laughs> was was something that was spoken about a lot in terms of like um, trans communities feeling like they often have to are the ones who have to explain gender and the gender spectrum to like cis people and straight people and um, and then that's just like it's, it takes an emotional toll. Mm -hmm. um, and just hearing it in those like in that very succinct language, it's something that I've been feeling for so long. Mm -hmm. And then those three words, <laughs> I was like, bingo, that's it. Right. Like, well said. That is an experience that I carry. Um, and and observe and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think those were the things that were really profound. And I also think that um, we initially like we heard about the summit, and then we were like. We just want to take the energy from the summit and spend at least a week to 10 days just on our bites to kind of like synthesize what mm -hmm. had happened there. And that was incredible. That was the best decision. Because mm -hmm. um, it's meditative to be on the road. Right. And <laughs> there are a lot of climbs where you're just like processing. Process, you're like, you're churning out, you know, whatever your thoughts and reflections with every pedal stroke. Um, and because three out of the four of us had attended the summit, it just made for like really rich digestion of what had happened. Mm -hmm. So. But also like as a outside observer, it seems like it's the content of the conversation, you know, was like kind of unique to the organizers. Like the, the, if you left the bike industry to come up with something like this, it would not. It look wouldn't like have happened. Yeah. 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 And um, in partly in like rightfully so, like I don't think that, so the bike and we're gonna get a little bit like political now, but um, <laughs> just keep drinking. <laughs> Remember we have to, oh, we raised past the halfway mark. <laughs> but the bike industry is largely male and white. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really the bike industries or those individuals place to initiate and speak about right. women's experiences, trans people's experiences, queer people's experiences, people of color, um, because that's not who the industry is. Right. Um, but it's fucking time to start <laughs> hiring all of these people that I've mentioned, mm -hmm. because what, if not anything else, like from that 
space of being around over a hundred individuals, like we are so capable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't, I mean, the wealth of experience, technical, technical experience and I kind of hate that I have to like emphasize that <laughs> right like we are on par mm -hmm. um, so fuck like hire us <laughs> and then the industry can really start talking mm -hmm. and initiating conversations from a less appropriative place I guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <with> you guys. <laughs> so bikes <laughs> well not gracefully do this transition. Yeah, <laughs> it's but, cool. <laughs> um, you have a really nice bike. I do. That I <laughs> know. It's, I, it's I, I can. I can. I know that. So the frame builder is a. He's in Bellingham. Yeah. Mm -hmm. totally. Um. I guess I was thinking about this because you were you described it as like a rando light. Yeah. But then you and so. What may, I don't know, like, what were, what were you thinking when you had it built? Like, is this something that he makes a lot of? This Is this like a typical frame for him to kind of make? Or did you have all sorts of quirky requirements? Donkolo Bikes is um, the name of the project created by uh, Greg Heath, who is in Bellingham. And um, Greg is like an incredibly strong cyclist. It's remarkable. Um, and actually like a, like a very focused road rider in addition, but actually like really spends most of his time mountain biking. And so he makes both kinds of bikes okay. when he builds bikes. He makes us all look bad. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he races cross wearing gauntlets and is like wow. super metal. And, and he's also a professional, cool. like he's a, in, like union welder okay. so he, yeah. he welds professionally on much more important things than bicycles <laughs> yeah and and like um takes bikes like making bikes super seriously but is like full-time job a union welder okay. um so um i have been actually having a lot of challenges with stock uh bicycles and geometry um, and from sewing all the time, that in conjunction with being like just not uh, well suited to stock sizing, mm -hmm. I had a lot of chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And um, so eventually I just kind of decided that uh, it wasn't worth it. I spent too much time on my bike to be in pain and went for it and had him make me a bike. Um, and I knew that I wanted, I was coming off of a Soma Saga and this was probably like 2013-ish. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that, 2013 or 14. Um, and the Saga was one of those bikes that like came alive when it was loaded mm -hmm. and is designed as such. But I'm also um, kind of a bicycle monogamist. <laughs> so I, I really like, I commit to one thing basically. So I'm a tough client in that way. Um, and I was really unhappy commuting on my saga because it had like no spring to its step. Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically the way that I, uh, go, go over the technicality of bikes is like in the most non-technical way. <laughs> I give descriptions of what I want, <laughs> very clear descriptions. Like I want it to accelerate quickly mm -hmm. and I want it to be 
like this general shape because aesthetically I find that pleasing. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be able to have like a dynamo hub and basically always lit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then Jason who has way more of like the technical vocabulary helped me like convert all of those wishes into the specs to uh, direct to Greg with. And then Greg and I just had like a couple of lengthy conversations. Sweet. Well, I'm going to yeah. take it home, but I'm going to ask one more pointed question. So we, we did a, that bike overnight last night. Discussions were had uh, riding back today. Uh, you asked me the question. I'm going to ask it back of you. Like oh, if, no. <laughs> and you can, you, you, you guys can both answer. If you were not doing Swift, what would you be doing? Something with my hands. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I would, I've mm -hmm. been leading outdoor trips and yeah. been a bike mechanic for so long. Like, I, I don't know. I yeah. thrive on fixing, working on things or, or, really or taking, or taking people out on trips. Right. Right. Whether it's climbing or cycling or. Or just hiking uh, that's I just like giving people a good experience and I like working with my hands so yeah like bookkeeping is not my forte yeah. but that's what I do now yeah. it's impressive you that you're things? that you're just 30 yeah you, you for the really, time. Yeah. you're really in the you know you live a lifetime in just 30 years yeah uh, I feel like um, the things that I love are in some ways similar. Like I love storytelling and I love um, facilitating experiences for people that um, maybe inspire deeper inquiry. Mm -hmm. And so that can be like certainly education. It can also be um, self-reflection. Um, and um, yeah. I have a ton of fun with that. I worked as a high school teacher okay. and that was okay. a really good fit. Um, so in, in some ways, like that means like, I actually love like anything kind of with a story arc mm -hmm. too. So the, like the branding and marketing stuff yeah. is like, I love it so much. It's mm -hmm. so rich. I feel like I have a brain for like, uh, really finding the less visible connections between the evident and the less evident. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can draw those out. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a skill. Um, and I, it sounds weird, but it could be really fun to be in marketing. I also think that it would be really amazing to work with other small businesses mm -hmm. and maybe one day when Swift is in a different, more stable place, that's mm -hmm. like something that I can endeavor in is like taking all of these years of experience and helping other people build their companies. Like a small business mentorship or? Yeah, and it's it would be like really incredible to work again with um, the less appreciated um, business owning communities. Mm -hmm. um, to just strengthen our autonomy. Um, I think it's really impactful. So taking it home. <laughs> <laughs> Make this transition, Russ. I'm Social media guru. I'm the shit out of this. <laughs> so what's, what's the uh, verdict? Y yay or nay on the Oban? I really like it. Like, I mean. Oban? Hold on, hold on. Let, let Martina get all of her <laughs> puns out. <laughs> just... Thanks, Oban. Uh, <laughs> It was 
I mean, for, <laughs> for scotch, like super friendly. Like if you guys are, are maybe bourbon drinkers, but are scotch curious and want something mm -hmm. that's not gonna be a tire fire in your you know, mouth hole, uh, this <laughs> all, all really great things. <laughs> all technical terms. Yeah, yeah. This is this is super friendly. Smooth. Yeah. yeah. Scotch. Sometimes people talk about scotch. It can be intimidating. Oban is like I think one of the ones that people say like you should try or go do, and I feel like it like lives up to its yeah kind of reputation for maybe being like a scotch to try mm -hmm. top five scotch because it does kind of like invite you into the world of scotches and yeah uh, I'm still horrible at like identifying scotch flavors <laughs> I don't know it's okay yeah yeah I mean, it's like, like the end like I'm like like it's like bikes I mean you get you get like a bike for commuting and then it's like a, the gateway drug mm -hmm. oh yeah uh, you know and then all of a sudden you're like oh, I, I want to get a mountain bike or I want to get a road bike or mm -hmm. I want right. to get a rando bike because I want to ride on gravel or yeah. whatever right. We should yeah. we should do a, a bike and uh, whiskey pairing. Like, what would, what would that? <laughs> what that That's how like? we rate our. <laughs> On that note, thanks again for uh, watching, uh, <laughs> or listening. Hope hopefully you guys have stuck it out. Uh, thank you, Swift Industries, for being guests on Cheers. on this. Uh, thing that we do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cheers until next time. Cheers. Upside down. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>